0: The decisions you make in your health choices can truly reflect the current and future course of your life. Welcome to Wise Chats, Simple Talk, Profound Wisdom with your host, Dr. Mary Jo Bulbrook. Our show will bring leading-edge expertise to deep challenges faced by individuals and humanity. We'll draw on ancient wisdom as well as the latest research from our diverse guests. Now, here is Dr. Mary Jo Bulbrook.
1: Wise Chat Show. Today we have special guests that are colleagues and friends of mine from Port Macquarie, Australia. We have worked together for many years um, in sharing stories and expertise, both in working and helping clients heal, as well as support in helping to create healing environments in our homes, in our hospitals in our business. This was something I was always personally interested in, but finding other colleagues that, who also were, uh, uh, this was their expertise, and linking it up with what we do in energy medicine was a wonderful blending and coming together. So for our show, I'd like to introduce, we have Craig and Sue Pattison. Uh, They are, Uh, Their name of their business is Arco Essence, and they deal with architecture, interiors, landscape, urban design, and feng shui. And so blending these different worlds together, what we're going to do is uh, share some of our expertise and give you some concrete guidelines of why paying attention to uh, nature and plants and the homes that we live in and the houses that we build are an important part that affects our health and our well-being and our enjoyment in life. So I'm going to turn it over to uh, uh, Craig and Sue and let them just start and uh, share their wisdom. And we're going to have a dialogue together and uh, introduce some of you perhaps to some new ways of looking at things uh, in your creating a healing environment. So who would like to
2: start first?
1: We'll start by saying hello, Mary Jo. (laughs) That sounds great. Good
2: morning, Mary Jo. Thank you for having us on your program. We're delighted to talk to you about our favorite subject or one of our favorite subjects.
1: And if you'd like to say something about your background, that may be also a good way to start so that they have an understanding of uh, where you're basing your opinions from. That includes... uh, your um, uh, professional expertise.
2: Okay, well, I'll probably start with me because Sue's signaling me. Um, Basically, it all started for me when I was about 11 or 12 in the mid 60s. I uh, had always been, about the same time I decided to be an architect, which is when I did my first building, I also um, became fascinated by my own personal health issues. (laughs) And uh, I didn't realize that till recently that coincidentally, I had made that decision at the same time. And uh, since that nearly 50 years ago now, um, since that time, we've done hundreds of buildings and we've always been passionate about trying to support the health and well-being not only of our clients but also of the wider community we feel a great responsibility it takes an enormous amount of resources to build a building or a garden or whatever it is and uh we're always trying to contribute to the wider community as much to our clients health and well-being and so uh over the period over that long period of time we uh Explored all kinds of things. For me, it initially started with diet uh, in my own personal health, and then much later on, uh, we got really interested in more energetic work and more esoteric areas. And uh, the thing that we became fascinated about traveling the planet was how every indigenous culture has a form of feng shui, they all use different terms. Um, It intrigued me that it's really very practical knowledge, and um, I know that a lot of men uh, find it a bit strange until you start explaining to them that that squeaky hinge on a door that's been driving them crazy for a couple of years is actually feng shui 101, Um, and it's for me such a fascinating subject because no one gets to escape it. As you said, Mary Jo, next to air, water, and food come shelter. And uh, interestingly enough, as you know, because you've been in many of our buildings and gardens, um, while we've done a massive range of projects, we're predominantly domestic architects. One of the things that's always fascinated me that is that architecture has been seen as a bit of an elitist pursuit, but we've gone out of our way to prove that it's crucial and available to everybody. So we've done everything from letterboxes to sculpture to as you said, urban design. So over to Sue, she can tell you a bit about her background.
1: Great.
3: <laughs> like Craig, I also got interested in what I'm now doing through um, my personal journey. I had a um, a spinal injury when I was 19 and then um, learned about the world of chiropractic Um as opposed to allopathic medicine. And then after having had three children, I uh, decided I needed to learn more about how the uh, physical body works so that I went and did a massage course. And through doing the massage course, a um, strange phenomenon started to happen for me in that, um, as I was going to, um on the way to clients homes because i did um 3 years of home visits while my children were in school i'd go you know between the hours of 9 and 3 to into people's homes to help them with their own um spinal issues through massage and the bowen technique and uh i discovered that um on the way there if it was a new client i'd be thinking oh i wonder what this person's going to show up with today and then all of a sudden I would get a pain in my own body and I'd go, well, that's really strange. And then um, I'd turn up, set up my table and and the, start um, interviewing the person and observing them and lo and behold, the person would have that pain in that exact same place in their body. So for me, it was the connection between the energetics of the person and the physicality of the person and that um, basic principle um, is what we have pursued in all our work um, since that time really through meeting you, Mary Jo, and learning how the energy system works um, both individually in our own auric field but also how we are connected to the planet and interconnected energetically, and how we, the, that interaction affects our health and well-being and enjoyment of life.
1: Well, I, I think all three of us share a similar uh, dynamic in that we began to explore this field through our own personal journey. It wasn't something outside of us as human beings. It became part of what we did in our personal life in an integrated way. And I think that learning isn't at an arm's length. It is within the person. And understanding that in how things are interconnected is a huge uh, concept. And uh, I've witnessed that throughout our Relationship over the years, as we've explored many topics uh, from, uh, uh, that we shared and people's path to wellness. And one of the reasons why it was very important to me to include uh, both of you in, our, in this Wise Chat series, I think what the two of you have to offer regarding this concept is critical. Because often, people don't explore the bigger arena of the things that affect their health journey. They may only get a narrow point of view of how they approach what's happening in their world rather than the bigger context. And um, so I'm I'm remembering, Craig, that when you uh, shared stories about, I think you were working on a nursing home in Western Australia and how you describe what the process was. Would you like to comment something about that?
2: Certainly. Um, One of the things that fascinated me about doing this nursing home was that the staff went into shock that I actually interviewed them about how they would like to see the facility work. Um, The administrative side of the project was interesting because the People who were steering the project weren't all that sure that I ought to be wandering around talking to the staff. I also went and spoke to all of the people that were living in that facility at the time and found out what their needs were. And as you know, Mary Jo, we've been to a series of quite well-known aged care facilities and we've discovered that people there actually never saw the architect during the entire process. Uh, whether it was staff or people that were living in the facility. Well, to me, it was common sense to spend quite a bit of time with the staff and the people that were going to be living in this facility to see how we could most support their well-being. The other thing that's worth mentioning is what Sue said about energetics in that um, she doesn't like to take credit for it, but you mentioned our company name, Arco Essence. It's an invented word and it's basically completely about getting in touch with the energetics of what's going on, whether it's the people that are going to be living on the site or the actual site itself. And that played a significant role in this exercise as well in that it was all about the way we sited the building and, and how we wanted to try and get as much natural light into the building as we possibly could And it was also about the practicalities of how to move people in and out of the building efficiently, how people with various um, types of disabilities could most well function on their own in the building in terms of moving around it, whether it was in their own room or in the wider public areas. And uh, it's been a, a terrifically successful building, and we managed to get natural light and ventilation into every bathroom Every bedroom had a, a sitting area near a, a large window and um, we've had nothing but really excellent reports from the result of that building, from staff and people who occupy the building. And the other thing that complicated that facility was we had to do the biggest commercial kitchen that this our practice has ever done and incorporate that into the building. So, of course, we had to deal with all the chefs and what their needs were. So it was considerably challenging ticking all of those boxes all together and considering the kinds of materials we were using the proportions of spaces um you know just all of those things and of course then the garden we were looking at the garden around the building so it's about integrating everything and as you said people often don't think these things are for them but uh, we've always believed that one of the pities is that people don't realize is that everybody's a designer and basically these things are crucial to your well-being. I've heard people say buildings are a mirror of who you are.
1: Good. I totally agree with that. And all I kept thinking when you were talking about that, that's I want to be in that place where you describe what you describe when I – and if I, I ever need um, – care of that nature needing to be in some kind of a um, situation and I know many people would like that for their family members as well. So we need to think of it from the point of view of what would we want for ourselves? What would we want for our family members? And sometimes we need to call on the expert to help us to get all the different elements that all blend together. And I know one of the magical things that you're so good at, Sue, is uh, also bringing in uh, design elements of colour and texture and things like that that appeal to the senses. Would you like to uh, say some things about how you go about that? Yes, Mary
3: Jo. The thing that, that has been you know the bottom line basic fascination for me throughout my whole life from childhood is, um, is color and light? And um, straight out of school, I went to interior, interior design school after having studied art in, in high school and really enjoyed um, learning about how color is um, created and how people respond to color differently, and the effects that that can have on your physical well-being and your psyche and just generally how you feel um, going about your business throughout everyday life. And so that um, knowledge was there, you know, all along for me as I developed and after I met Craig, um, you know, as a couple we were um, nicely balanced as far as he was looking after the physical manifestation of the spaces and um, I was then adding the light and colour and shade to those spaces and so it was a really nice harmonious blend. Um, For me, when a client comes to us, what I do is observe, observe who they are as people, um, what colours they are wearing, what colours they consistently like what colours they don't like and um, also the colours of the chosen, the next chosen spot, the, the, the site that they have chosen to move to next so that's where their life is going to, what their wishes for themselves are next um, are all reflected in the colours that they have chosen on that particular piece of land um, whether they realise it or not. And more often than not, it's a subconscious choice, as we know, just like the colours that we wear day to day are more than likely a subconscious choice of how what we're going to need to support us through that particular day. So I do that and uh, try to make them aware of what their choices are and then enhance that throughout the building um, by adding touches of their special need colours in certain particular places, um, creating a very calming environment, particularly in the bedroom, because as we know today, um, getting calm sleep is um, a major issue for a lot of people in our stressful world. And then also creating... um, Stimulation by adding complementary opposite colors in very small amounts throughout the building they're just a few little handy hints <laughs> of what i did
1: that, i I really appreciate hearing the uh, attention to the individual needs of the person. I think oftentimes uh that can be neglected and just as Craig was saying, in designing a building, you may put together what somebody thinks is is what they want rather than finding what are the needs of the person or what are the needs of to deliver what has to be delivered, like when he was doing the kitchen to deal with what the cook's there, how they wanted to have things presented. And I know for myself in, in my own home and paying attention to how you want to set up your cooking area, just dealing with that one sample. Uh, what do you have there? Do you, and How is it accessible? And uh, does it feel good when you sit down to eat? One of the things I always loved to do was to set a nice table and have flowers in the home and a lot of plants because I found that nurtured the soul and uh, providing care for people that not only... Um, meets a um physical task okay you have a door and you have a window and you have a bedroom and but what pleases all of the senses and helps achieve the goal like you were saying the bedroom is it conducive to rest or um uh, peaceful and does it uh, uh achieve the goal that you really want to exactly you know
3: um
1: The feng shui
3: element that we use, basically feng shui is about, you know, harmony and balance and flow throughout any space, whether it's the bigger environment or the smaller environment. And um, basically it's about ease of movement and, uh, you know, it makes life much more difficult if you're bumping into things every time you turn around to go somewhere and do something if things are in your way or they're not in the right place or you have to walk further than is necessary to just to do, to put something away, it makes life generally more difficult without somebody even realizing that. So it's all about um, taking the stress out of your small daily movements, basically.
1: Well, that makes a lot of sense to me. I remember one of my, First jobs as a new graduate nurse when I moved from Ohio to Texas. was working in a pediatric hospital, and it was a summer job for me. And I focused on uh, helping to make the nurses work more effective. And so I used to study what the nurses did. And just as you were saying, where were they not having close at hand the resources they need to um, Uh, dispense medication or to have good access to the patient's charts or the things that they needed to provide care. I didn't have really any professional training in that, but it was something that I realized that many times the way hospitals were put together and what was required of a nurse to function, it wasn't conducive to getting the job done. And so just as a person who was interested in uh, being a better nurse and how to help other nurses be better nurses. That's how I got involved in it. Really, when I met the two of you, I began to understand more. There is a there is a bigger picture to all of this. Things that I had never heard anything about. And uh, I think the two of you really uh, epitomized for me the essence of. Uh, what, uh, what this work is like. And, uh, one of the things I also like is how gardens are integrated in what you do. And I'd like to hear if uh, you want to comment some about that.
2: Yeah, I think that that's a really good one to bring up, Mary Jo. You've made some really important points that I'd like to touch on. <clears throat> For me, the garden subject... Uh, also started a long time ago and the thing that's fascinated me for a very long time is the lack of integration. Um, In our practice the gardens become so critical and the edges have become so blurred that I've found that as each decade gone has gone by our buildings are becoming more and more about the garden and in some ways less and less about the building. Um, it's uh, like the project we've just finished. It's astounded me how integrated the building has become with the landscape. In fact, I think that's the strength of this building, its subtlety, and it literally looks like it's grown out of the ground, which was part of the goal because it's the steepest uh, block I've ever worked on and, and most complex building I've done. But a couple of things I wanted to touch on was the subject of balance, Mary Jo, the key words you mentioned were magic and soul and of course the importance of what sue was talking about you know where a trolley goes how a door works i call those the nuts and bolts things and the soul side the more esoteric side which is where we both lean but the goal is to balance all of those things together and as you know that can be quite challenging in my case um I had a really lovely background in that my grandfather was a cabinet maker, so I spend a lot of time in his factory. My dad was a magician. You mentioned the word magic. And I I wanted to touch on the fact that I think it's really crucial when I was at university, it's too easy to, and particularly when I was teaching, it's too easy to get caught up in the regulations and what size is that beam and where is that hinge. And then, of course, forget where is the delight in this object? I think we live in a world that seems to have overlooked that really there's no point in using to me in using all of these valuable expensive materials, unless you're creating something that's delightful to the person um, that actually makes their heart sing. Uh, to, for me, that's probably the thing that I've become the most interested in and there is no stronger place to, support that idea than in a garden. Gardens teach you the notion of mystery and what might be around that corner and how to lead into certain spaces and of course it has all of the great elements because nature is so brilliant at solving so many things that we can only just aspire to try to do but I really wanted to make that point that it's just so easy to get caught up in how am i actually going to make this thing then really end up with something that you you're not you know you're not necessarily looking forward to like we've had some really lovely feedback from people about they can't wait to get home or they go traveling and they can't wait to get home and I think the challenge with this, Mary Jo, is that we are talking about an invisible thing. It's about something that people feel or experience. Uh, In recent times, we've had two people from the building industry come through um, one of our buildings, and they've both said unprompted that they have never been in buildings in their 35 years of, of practice that feel like these spaces. And for me, that hammers home the point that it's not just in our imagination. If you uh, orchestrate something in a way, it's a bit like very slow-moving music, you know, as you know, I'm a musician as well, and it's about the actual coordination and balance of spaces, light and shade. Of course you need to know how it's going to stand up, but you really want to, to me, focus on the, the, the drama side to it, you know, and explore... Uh, when I teach people how to draw, I, I suggest to them that they draw the negative spaces rather than just the chair, because you get more in touch with the, I think, the wider world, world the, the the sense of space more.
1: That's uh, That's really inspiring. And we're almost ready for a break here. And I'd like to explore and expand on these topics. And share with the audience why we've chosen uh, further the spiritual aspects of uh, design and how it affects our lives. So we'll take a break now and be back in a few minutes to have some more Wise Chats.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Visit the Energy Medicine Partnerships website at www.energymedicinepartnerships.com for workshops, classes, and special events promoting health and healing. These holistic programs are available for both health professionals and lay individuals. Water Lily Press NC provides the teaching materials for these programs, and you can find a link to Water Lily Press NC when you visit energymedicinepartnerships.com. While you're on the site, you may also check out Akamai University's Distant Education Programs, where Dr. Mary Jo Bulbrook is director of the Complementary Therapies Programs. Akamai University offers postgraduate diploma clinical education programs preparing clinicians, practitioners, and specialists in complementary therapies, as well as both master's and doctoral education in complementary therapies. For more information about Akamai University, visit akamaiuniversity.us. That's A-K-A-M-A-I-University.us. And for more information about Energy Medicine Partnerships, visit energymedicinepartnerships.com.
2: There are a lot of questions about psychic reading
1: and messages from beyond and what they say to us and about us. Join hosts Pat Nelson and Bryce Korzenowski for illuminating you. Our program will answer many of the questions that you may have and others will have. Our guests discuss and share their personal stories of triumph over trauma. We'll talk about all aspects of healing, living as a part of nature, and other psychic and medium topics. Listen every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
0: We all want peace. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews, heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. This is Wise Chats, simple talk, profound wisdom. To reach Dr. Mary Jo Bulbrook or today's guest, please call us at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Mary Joe at energymedicinepartnerships.com. Now, back to Wise Chats. It's
1: serious. Uh, when we look at, as you were saying, Craig and Sue, about how things all fit together an in integrated approach. And I uh, drew some cards, which I do for each one of the shows. We have both intention cards and affirmations cards. And the one I got was connecting with nature. And I'd like to read that. This is a wellness for all cards. And it says... Nature offers us a rich perspective that supports our well-being. Learning how to tap into the source of the nourishment it gives us daily as we look around and observe the timeless beauty. Notice light and darkness, still and flowing, silence and sound. Each sets a vibration that uplifts us to a higher place rather than than staying stuck. And so as we look at the world around us, I know um, uh, some of the things we have experienced together was going to different uh, countries and working with the indigenous people in those countries as well as meeting with other healers. And some things we found out from that experience of how to balance uh, nature and the environment. And can you uh, speak a little bit more on this topic? Uh,
3: I'd love to, Mary Jo. The bottom line as far as I'm concerned, uh, the work that I've done with you and what I've learned from you is that this work is all about what it is to be a human being here on the planet. And what that really means, particularly energetically. And uh, we have travelled to some wonderful places together. Um, On several occasions we've gone to the outback in Australia and particularly to uh, Uluru um, with our friend Uncle Bob and uh, done a lot of healing work around... um, Particular energy places, um, both in the outback and in uh, South America, and Craig's been with you to Africa, so and throughout the United States as well, and everywhere that we have gone, we have experienced um, profound um, energies that are held in the um, field of the earth and have been able to, pick, to contribute to those energies in a profound way in that it has also changed the individual, um, I'm talking personally here, but also through intention, um, I believe, help to make a difference to the energetics that are held in specific places on the planet
1: well I I know one of the things we've experienced together and I remember my my first awareness of it was in uh, Perth, Western Australia when uh, I was at uh, uh, where the monks have their uh, monastery and uh, looking at some of the uh, the integration of the different elements And how they helped support the um, aborigine children. Uh, It was a government policy to take the children from their parents in that country. And as we journeyed there and heard the stories and dealt with some of the experiences that they had, I became aware of that the land and the environment holds the energy of both the good things that happen in an area and the negative things that happen in an area. And this is some, I think, of what you're talking about and mentioning, and that as people go back to those places, they experience either a sense of renewal or feeling good or um, uh, nourished and supported, or it could even be just the opposite, that there are energetic principles that are stored in the environment that affects uh, our health and well-being. And these are some of the things that we've discovered as we journey together and um, uh, learn outside the books. And um, many things that I uh, became familiar with is uh, meeting with Uncle Bob Randall, who will be one of the guests on our show coming up, uh, one of the latter shows. And the things that I learned from him about Picking up the pulse of the earth and how it breathes and how it will give messages to us and it will nurture us and support us. When we live in harmony with the plants and the animals and have an interdependent society like the aborigines did, the original native people of your country, uh, things work differently than when industrialized society came in and didn't pay attention to some of these elements.
2: Yeah, I, I'm really thrilled to have the opportunity to be talking about this, Mary Jo, because there's probably some things here that, that you have never been said, and and I know that in my own case, these travels have been had an extraordinary impact on my professional and private life. Um, my trip to Africa with you, um within the first half an hour, I learned so much about architecture. And I'm glad you used the word out of the book. Most of the things we're talking about don't come from books. They come from life experience. And basically, as you say, um, working on certain things, looking at things with in a different way, um, and the things that we have learnt from various Indigenous cultures has impacted, um, as I said, my professional life in the most extraordinary ways. I, I certainly don't practice the same way in my work anymore. And I am incredibly grateful for those opportunities because um, I had no idea of the transforming process of that and they wouldn't have taken place if it hadn't been for your organization and you and knowing these people and they're things that are really hard to quantify in terms of their, just their personal value. But um, the, the the interesting thing was a lot of the things were unsaid things that I learned. They're things that just came through from somewhere. And, And I think that that's, a really important part of this, experiencing things that I guess most people would consider are invisible to our eyes, but we, they, they have a, a, such an impact on you personally. And I think that's the problem with personal insights. You can write about them, you can talk about them, but ultimately you're the only person who can integrate it and somehow represent it in, in who you are, hopefully on a daily basis.
1: Well, this is one of the reasons why I chose the seventh wave radio station as opposed to just health and wellness because I wanted to emphasize the spiritual aspects related to uh, what happens to us in life. I'm not trained as a religious person, I'm trained as a healthcare professional, as a psychotherapist, and my interests in plants and in animals was just part of my personal journey and things that I noticed as a child that made me feel good And as a young adult. And I'm reminded my healing center in uh, North Carolina, the reason why I bought the property is because of the two trees in the front yard. You know, I drove past it. My sister had suggested I come and look at this piece of property. And these trees spoke to me even before I went inside to the house, and where I'm sitting now, I'm surrounded, every window that I look at in almost probably a 280 direction, not a 360 direction, but I can look out and see different uh, green flora of all different kinds, and uh, it nourishes me, and this is really the way I want to treat clients as well and teach those who want to be teachers in the work. It's part of uh, what uh, makes us feel comfortable, makes us feel at home, and uh, inspires us to bring out the best in who we are. And I know that uh, in in the work that we have done, everything isn't written about that we need to discover on these topics. These are new areas integrating uh, uh, concepts that go beyond the ordinary. And I remember I learned how to send messages across the world, not using the computer, not using the telephone, uh, but using thought. And it's our thoughts that can create magic and beautiful and lovely things. And it it can do just the opposite. And some of the early research that I studied as a professor is – the life of plants, and they used to hook up different kind of gadgets to plants and have positive thoughts that they said towards them and negative thoughts, and the plants reacted to it. I mean, who would have thought of things like that?
2: That's so true.
1: It's the same with water and Dr.
3: Emoto's work and the thoughts that you have um, projected onto the glass of water before you drink it or even... In, in the case of his experiments with the polluted lakes that they prayed over and transmuted the pollution in, in the vast lakes, you know, that um, idea that intention and prayer and thought um, creates the world that we live in. I think, you know, the computer, the world of computers and um Phones is sort of leading us in that next direction to the point where maybe one day we won't need the gadgets. We'll just be able to communicate on that level across the planet.
1: I'm ready for it, and I'm reminded by, uh, I looked up in Ted Andrews' book, The Nature Speak Oracle, And I drew a card for today, and the card that I came up with was called the Garden Card. And his description of that is time for nurturing. And he describes that gardens are nature in miniature. They affirm our ability to create and nurture life no matter where we live. The planting of a garden is a truly magical act as seeds transform Take root and grow. You will see movement in corresponding areas in your life. Your seeds will begin to grow also. Nurture yourself in your endeavors now. Do not ignore the things that give you joy. Take time for yourself in the beautiful garden you are becoming. It will stimulate new growth and earnest energy around you. And this is one of the take-homes I like to leave with people who listen to our show that are very practical kinds of things that they can learn from uh, the different uh, topics that we explore, that there are rich things indeed that can make a difference in our lives. And as uh, I mentioned, the garden area around my house and when I first moved here, the man who helped me to do some landscaping he said all oh, this plant probably is not going to survive because the root was actually broken and weeping and uh and i said well okay but i'll i'll try and nurture it and see if i can bring it back to life well that was about 5 years ago and the plant is is tripled in size and growing and thriving and beautiful and it reminded me what I would do is I would heal a plant just like I would heal a person and take time because it's like I was honoring what that was and said, I know you've had a hard life. Your your main core trunk is splintered and you're you're trying to make it and I'm here to support you because I know the beauty you will offer the people who come to my healing center will uh, add more beauty in their lives, and, and indeed it worked.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: That's what we do, Mary Jo, with some of the sites that we go to when um, people have chosen a, a block of land and they want to pull the old house down and change everything, and there's a history to that block of land, and it's not necessarily um, a history of uh, enjoyment and we do a lot of um, healing work around changing the energetics and, and um, putting a lot of positive new input into the site before we even start um, creating the new buildings on that piece of land because uh, clearing out the old energy is a really um, useful <laughs> thing to do. Um, in any healing work, whether it's um, the block of land or the planet or the individual person.
1: Well, I really like the point you're making about ceremony, and I'm I'm reminded my sister moved into a, a new place uh, uh, this past year as well as one of my friends in Dallas, Texas, a young person, and spirit came to me and gave me a ceremony and a ritual to suggest. Uh, so I took time to write it up. And it was uh, a process to make your home um, be filled with your energy and what your hopes and dreams and intentions are. What you want to create in this new space that you're choosing to live in and, and uh create as a new home. And I think that's a very important step. And again, it's not one of those things you readily would see in uh, the literature or different, uh, if you went to the plant store to find out about it, or even dealing with your own health issues, they wouldn't necessarily bring something up about this topic. But I believe it's the core, it's a core piece that affects our health and well-being.
2: Yeah, intention is crucial, Mary Jo, um, to this entire process. To extend on what Sue was saying, sometimes if we're renovating a building, we'll actually um, ask permission and notify the building, uh, which might sound a bit weird, that we're about to do fairly major surgery. and We actually try to be really respectful and get in touch with the essence of that building and bring forth what might be the best parts of that building uh, rather than just be trying to change it for the sake of change. But I think that the intention part is really the important one and I think it's good that Sue's mentioned and you have our very busy world. I think one of the problems with everyone being so busy is that whole issue of stop and smell the flowers. Um, My own personal interesting conundrum at the moment And has been for probably about a decade is my fascination with how every individual has a certain amount of space available to them and what they actually choose to do with that space every single moment of every day and that's become a source of enormous fascination to me because some authors have written about how good we are at being sidetracked with the urgent issues but often not looking at the important ones. And I think it's such an, uh, a crucial subject to this particular time in history uh, for, to, to actually find a way to find a balance between the busyness and actually discovering things that support or nurture your soul. And it's good we're focusing on gardens because there's no finer place to discover that, spending time in nature or... Um, working on these things like you described Uh, sue is the gardener in our family which might surprise a lot of people i'm really big on the designing and creating of them Um, but i do understand even something as simple as just watering a garden it changes your sense of being just really simple things like you said putting a vase of flowers on a table it never ceases to astound me the impact that can have on a room or or how you feel.
1: Well, kind of a, a, a I don't know, a silly little, little thing, but actually very significant thing that happened just yesterday. I was with a group of people at the beach celebrating uh, a friend of ours birthday. And I picked up rocks at the beach Um for the person, and this morning uh, I laid them out. Or no, it was last night. I laid them out, and I said, "I picked uh, one a rock for each one of us, and I invite you to um, uh, connect with this rock and connect with our being here together as a uh, family and friends, and honoring uh, Mary Ann for her birthday um, celebration." And Throughout the year, what is it you would like to wish for her? And so each person went around holding the rock because that then became an anchor of all of us being together in one place, uh, coming up with something important. We wanted to share with our friend and family person what we were going to do throughout the whole year and hold the energy for this person, not just the day of her birthday, but for the whole year, hold the energy, what our wishes were for her. And it was a very exciting experience. And as I left this morning to come back home, I put the rock and uh, carried it with me, and I'll find a special place to put it. And throughout the year, as I look at it, it will remind me Because rocks serve as a foundation of a piece of property, a place and time. And the ceremony that is built around it helps hold the intention and um, experiences together. So that's just one of the things I wanted to share. Well, that's exactly what we do with our clients, Mary Jo. We
3: give them a list of questions to answer about what their intentions are and living in this new home. And once they've struggled, <laughs> most of them, to answer the questions, then they're more in touch with what their intentions are for who they want to be and how they want to live in this new home. And And then we do some ceremony with them, including them and the children, um, with the block of land also, so that those intentions are set before the foundations are even started and then like your stone as the uh, building develops and becomes solid then the uh, intentions manifest and those energetics are um, ongoingly held in that spot
1: Well, we're almost to the end of our time together. We have just a few minutes left, and I want you to think about a closing statement each of you would like to make. And while you're thinking about it, I'm going to read two different affirmations that we can hold for the group who is listening. One is around beauty. Beauty is all around us. Take in the power it has to offer you as you soak in the energy from it that uplifts and supports you. The affirmation is, I take in beauty all around me. The other one is harmony. Be one with all things. Live in balance. Achieve harmony between people, animals, and nature. Each depends on the other, respecting the boundaries and rights of each other. Affirmation, my life is in total Balance and harmony. And I'd like to thank both of you for being on the show with me. Is there any closing word or sentence you'd like to say?
3: I'd like to thank you, Mary Jo, um, particularly for the opening of my eyes to the extra beauty that is um, available to all of us on an individual basis. I think beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and we do need to learn to honour our own individual sense of what beauty means to us and create that for ourselves in our daily environment.
2: Yeah, I would add the same, Mary Jo, Uh, our appreciation, not only for the opportunity to share this time with you, but the uh, incredible uh, support and things that you have helped us with on many levels over the years. But uh, the way I'd like to finish is I thought what you read out just then and the affirmation were just phenomenally appropriate to everything we're trying to talk about. But what I would like to part with is a kind of request to people that might be listening, and that is to just pause for a moment and think what an incredible miracle and gift it is to be here at this particular moment in time, and then consider what choices you make every moment of a day or or any typical day about what you're going to do to spend doing that day. Um, I think that that is, uh, for me, a very uh, important subject.
1: Perfect. Well, thank both of you for coming, and uh, stay tuned next week for some more Wise Chats.
0: Thanks again for being a part of Wise Chats. Please join your host, Dr. Mary Jo Bulbrook, again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America's 7th Wave Channel. We hope that you have a great week.